0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Had some technical difficulties. This is Jason. As you can see, I still have a box on my face and we have football to talk about today. If any of you, any of you know how to get rid of this damn box, please let me know. I spent two hours last night and 30 minutes this morning trying to figure it out. I've watched four different tutorial videos and it will not go away. <laughs> so, kind of frustrating. It is what it is. Uh, this is the only way, as you guys remember, Friday. I my 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 mouth did not line up with the words at all, and so this is the way to at least get the the mouth to line up with the words is to use an HDMI cable. But it seems to be that if you use an HDMI cable, you just get a box on your face the entire time as it's trying to focus on you, even though it's already focused, <laughs> which is box. Would go away. But let's. Oh my God. Uh, let's talk about some football, ladies and gentlemen, and let's sip some coffee. First things first. If you follow me on Twitter, you know what's about to happen, and this is a video this is tj watt scoring his very first career touchdown off of a scoop and score it was magnificent why was it magnificent jason well well if any of you do not know i am an idp enthusiast and if you know me as well I have TJ Watt on one of my favorite teams, my home league with the IDPs. Um, And I, last night, my Monday Night Miracle, uh, was I needed 34 points from TJ Watt. And guess what? He got me. 36 points, baby! And that is why IDP is the best format in the world. It is just an extra wrinkle And and it adds so much to your leagues. And, I mean, they can score some points, man. Like I said, 36 points off of T.J. Watt. He had the sack. He had the touchdown. He had the fumble recovery. He had the tackles. And, man, was it exhilarating watching those points come in Monday, watching me gain on my opponent point after point after point. And then T.J. Watt scores that touchdown, and I won baby so let's go monday night miracles not many better feelings in the world so let's go tj Watt, and i and i encourage you all i encourage you all to sign up for some idp leagues because i'm telling you the fun is unmatched unfun unfun news unfun news the opposite of fun news here is that nick chubb is expected to miss the entire season after basically destroying his knee uh this is Probably the worst news that can come out, uh, and, it, and, it, and it genuinely does suck. One of the better players in the league, as well as one of the better people in the league. Just a great stand-up guy, as well as a fantastic athlete. So to see him go down like this, it is not good. This injury was so gruesome, they would not even show the replay on television. I've gone and watched the slow-mo. I wish I didn't. It, it, is, it, it, it sucks. It really, really sucks. So one thing to note about this is that it is the same knee that he had reconstructed back at UGA. So he's already had an issue with this knee. Sorry, my bunny's getting into a box back there. I don't know if you guys heard that. That was wild. Uh, But um, anyway, this knee has already been reconstructed. He did it in college. It's given him issues before. And now it's basically, I mean, completely shattered. This was a multi-ligament tear. Some even say that there was a knee dislocation in it as well. We're still waiting on the full details. But basically, this is as bad as it can get for a knee injury. So, and it can't happen to really a worse player. I mean, the awful, awful, awful situation. We'll talk a little bit more about what to do at the back of the show as we talk about waivers. But um, I would say honestly, this—I'm—I'm I'm curious to see. I'm definitely curious to see like how we can bounce back and everything because, like I said, this is already a, a destroyed knee that he had reconstructed. It's the same exact knee. He's already up I mean not not super old but you know how it is. You know how it is for running backs. So anyway, anyway, but we're not even going to speculate. Not even going to speculate. We're going to move on to the next injury that happened last night. Uh and that was it was Jamal Williams. Where is he? Where's that over? Here it is. Jamal Williams. Load. <laughs> there it is. Jamal Williams, a nice little overlay for you guys. Uh this is another injury that happened. No. Oh my god. I swear to god. Now the bunny's chewing on my ethernet cable. This is not a good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a good morning. Oh my God. And now my camera unplugged. Awesome, awesome. We love technology. We love technology here on the wake and take. Give me one second. Sorry, Instagram audience. Uh, This is the problem of And and we're back. Sorry about that. Animals. I I can't close the door because I have an Ethernet cable running uh, from this room all the way to my living room because there's only one place in this entire apartment that the uh, router can go. I can't move it because it's an old apartment and uh, I got fiber and fiber can only be plugged into one place. You guys don't need to know the entire details of my setup, but it is sometimes very frustrating. Uh, and it uh it sucks when the bunny comes in and chews on everything I already broken two webcams and now my ethernet cable and now I unplugged my camera what's going on what's going on this morning my god um anyway anyway let's let's go back to some football jamal williams pulled up picked up a hamstring injury it was tony jones who came in The bad news with this is that it is a hamstring injury and those tend to linger and Kamara is coming back in two weeks. So he's got one more game to serve on a suspension and then he'll be right back. So the Jamal Williams train, I would argue is done. He might score some touchdowns or whatever, but I mean, he was already not getting you fantasy points, getting a 90% plus opportunity share. So it's hard to imagine he does anything with a less than 50% opportunity share. So Jamal Williams, I would honestly say in your redraft leagues, I'm moving on from him. I'm just I'm just dropping him. I don't I don't really care. He's not that big of a he's not that efficient of a runner to begin with, on top of now having this hamstring injury, and then of course Kamara coming back. Kendra Miller probably gonna start to get used as well. So uh, move on from your Jamal Williams. Now let's talk about Monday Night Football. And we'll start with the first game, Panthers Saints. I'm not even gonna lie, as a Falcons fan, I didn't even want to tune into this one. Uh, I knew the game would suck, and it ended up kind of sucking. It was a twenty to seventeen game. Uh, it was super, super slow. And the only person who scored a touchdown uh, were Tony Jones, and who got the receiving touchdown? Adam Thielen. Tony Jones scored two touchdowns, and Adam Thielen got a receiving touchdown off of Bryce Young's. Uh, off of Bryce Young. How much fun is that? Those are the two touchdown scores. Not many big takeaways here. Chris Olave is really fantastic. He had a great catch uh, going down the sideline. Finished the day with 85 yards. Rashid Shaheed still looks amazing and looks like one of the steals of the off season because not only is he getting it done in on in regular football, he's doing it on special teams as well. 60 receiving yards and I believe it was like another like hundred total return yards on the other side. So Rashid Shaheed, especially in your special teams leagues. Uh, where you get scoring for return yards, an absolute steal, and looking like a steal just in general, getting used, looking athletic, extremely fast guy, and a clear role in this offense. Michael Thomas did Michael Thomas things with a seven-reception game, pulled out 55 yards off of that. And in fact, Michael Thomas's 55 yards were more than any of Carolina's receiving options. Adam Adam Thielen, 54, Chuba Hubbard, 34, Jonathan Mingo, 26, Hayden Hurst, 20, DJ Chark, 15, and Miles Sanders, three receptions for four yards. So big takeaway there that Chuba Hubbard had five receptions for 34 yards. You can expect that kind of usage week in, week out. Another big takeaway here is that Miles Sanders is still incredibly inefficient and not that good at football. 14 carries for 43 yards. um, And on the other side, like I already mentioned, four receiving yards off of three receptions. So. Barely over a yard per reception for Miles Sanders. Bryce Young looked okay. He finished the day with an 87 passer rating. Did get himself um, a touchdown. Where'd the camera go this time? Did get himself a touchdown, so that's good. Good for him. Kind of trying to get himself in the same class as Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. Hasn't quite gotten there yet, but I'm sure he will with a, with you know some better weapons, a better offensive line, uh, and we'll look to see if Bryce Young can improve Um, yeah, we'll have to see how it'll improve. I don't know what happened to my camera yet again. This is very, very frustrating guys. I'm very sorry that you have to sit through this. Um, give me one more second. This will go down as the worst episode of Wake and Take of all time. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what's going on. Let's go ahead, or actually, sorry, one more takeaway here is that Tony Jones, while he scored the two touchdowns, and we'll talk about it here in a minute when we go into the waiver wire, is just not someone you need to pick up. It's going to be a one-week fill-in, a one-week fill-in that you're not even going to start him, and Taysom Hill is the guy that just continues to get used for this team nine carry 75 yards he also had a pass he also had a reception Taysom hill being utilized like the swift swiss army knife that he still is i expect that to be the case next week i really don't expect tony jones to really be good. He might be utilized, you know, as a, as a little bit of a grinder, but I'm not expecting Tony Jones to be fantasy relevant at all next week. So don't even worry about picking him up. Kendra Miller is probably the pickup here, but even then with the injury, it's looking like he's not going to get a ton of usage. So they're probably literally just going to go to Taysom Hill next week. So if he's available in your Scott Fishbowl leagues, listeners go get yourself some Taysom Hill because he does have the tight end eligibility. So he gets that extra sweet tight end premium points with him as well. Let's go ahead, guys. Before we move into the waivers, let's just hear a little bit about this data analysis. All
1: right, I want to take a moment today to talk to you about data analysis. The data analysis tool, we listen to the users, what do you want, what do you need, and we made it happen. We added popular reports like a fantasy scoring report, air yards report, and if you want to create a new report but you don't necessarily want to look through every field, we have quick results. Hey, show me the most popular passing data, show me the most popular rushing data, fantasy data done. And the thing just is much faster than it's ever been. And the report builder got a lot easier. I mean, check this out. We break it down into offense, defense. Show me just fantasy data elements. And then when you get results, hey, show me by draft year. Let's take a look at just certain players that played a certain number of snaps or a certain number of games last year. This is the tool that so many of you have been asking for, plus a bunch of dream features that Billy wanted and Cody wanted and I wanted and Dario wanted. So go to the Fantasy Tools section, click on Data Analysis, or go to playerprofiler.com slash data dash analysis.
0: Great, great data analysis tool. Check out our Instagram on Thursday, Monday, and Sunday Night Football. I put together a slideshow projecting some of the highest scores as well as giving you some values for your uh, showdown mode lineups. And I do it for the regular Sunday as well to help you in DFS. It is a fantastic tool. It builds lineups. You get the underdog picks and all of that fun stuff. Um, So, yeah, go ahead and get that data analysis tool. Let's talk about waivers. And we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Last week, I talked about, I mean, way too many players. We went on forever. I was talking about players. This week, what I did, oh, wait. Oh, my God. There's a whole other Monday Night Football game. Sorry, guys. Jesus. Steelers-Browns. (laughs) Steelers Browns happened big takeaway here is that Deshaun Watson is still not good at football he finished the day with a 70 passer rating one touchdown one interception two lost fumbles was shoving the ref had two really bad face mask penalties and didn't have a single receiver over 100 yards Amari Cooper Despite being told that by all of us that he would be inactive, ended up playing the game and ended up being the leading receiver, 10 targets for 90 yards, took seven receptions off of those 10 targets. David Njoku was next to at four receptions for 48 yards. Unfortunately for fantasy managers, he fumbled. And what I am noticing now is that Donovan Peoples-Jones is just not a part of this offense. I don't know what it is, to be completely honest. I don't know if it's the play calling. I don't know if it's Deshaun Watson is scared to take shots. Because if you'll remember last season, he was utilized a ton, especially when Deshaun Watson came in and he was used as a punt returner. And he was used as a deep threat, and we are not seeing that at all. He's only had basically nothing over the the first two weeks of the season. Finished this game with one reception for seven yards off of four targets. I am dropping him in my shallower leagues. I'm just moving on from it, and I like him a lot. I'm a Michigan fan. It is just not looking good, not (coughs) not only because of the Browns, but also because he's just not being utilized. Like if he was actually, you know, filling that deep threat role, like he was last year, he would still be rosterable, but it looks like he isn't. Elijah Moore is being used a ton. David Bell and Jerome Ford both had more uh, receptions than Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's Mark Cooper. It's David Njoku, It's Elijah Moore. It's Jerome Ford. It's looking like now. Uh, and it's also looking like David Bell. It is just not. It's not Donovan Peoples-Jones, so you can move on from him, unfortunately. And on the other side, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett looking a little bit better, but still not quite hitting the ceiling. Uh, I'm going to say this just as an overarching point for the Steelers. There, I would say that the Steelers have had the worst first two weeks of the season. Matchup wise, you start off the season having to go up against the 49ers and then you have to go up against the Browns. So to see minimal fantasy production from any of these players makes sense. So shout out to George Pickens, who had himself a huge day, 127 yards and a touchdown off of four receptions. I'm going to put an asterisk here though. And as you guys know, I'm the biggest George Pickens guy in the world to take 10 targets and only get four receptions off of it is a little bit concerning to me. Luckily for him, those four receptions he took for 127 yards, 70 of it coming off of one catch. No, it wasn't a fantastic George Pickens catch. It was actually just an over-the-middle grab that he took to the house uh, with his speed, which was really, really good to see. No crazy contested catches in this game or anything. Like I said, he didn't even catch 50% of his targets. So that, to me, is a little bit of a concern. I think if you can sell high on him, I'm doing it. I'm looking at it. I'm I'm putting him on the block and seeing what I can get. I've seen Devontae Adams offers and stuff for George Pickens. So it, it's very, very interesting. Uh, however, though, he's not going to be going against the Browns every single week. So to see him produce this well, when the quarterback isn't that good and you're going up against Denzel Ward, uh, it's okay. It is, it is, you know, pretty good, pretty good. So if you can sell high, I'm doing it. Otherwise I'm holding, I'm not selling for a regular amount. Um, and Najee Harris, I will say this, the stats weren't there. 10 carries for 43 yards, and he only had one reception. Jalen Warren on the other side had four receptions for 66 yards, which was not good to see, considering he also had a similar amount of carries, eight carries for 20 yards. Jalen Warren is getting closer and closer to Najee Harris, and I don't like it. I really don't. I am a Najee Harris guy. I only roster him in one league, but, you know, he's an important part of my league. He's my running back, you know, and I don't like seeing Jalen Warren getting this kind of usage. But I will say this, Najee Harris, especially in the third, fourth quarter, in the second half, After the defense was worn down a little bit, did look explosive, did look quick, had some really good runs. I remember one, he was met at the back of the line running left, stopped, broke a tackle, cut all the way over to the right and ran for like 20 yards. That was really good to see. That was actually like back-to-back explosive runs for him. So I think against a better or a worse defense, he will do better. And so I'm not panicking yet on Najee Harris. I still think he's fine. He's just unfortunately had two really, really tough matchups to begin the year. Now let's talk about waivers. Now let's talk about waivers. Um, this is like, all right, so I'm doing things a little bit different. Like I said a little bit ago, last week I talked about basically every player that I felt like you should add went through a bunch of different formats. This time I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it a little bit quicker. But uh, I'm still going to talk about a lot of players. So what I did this week is I just went through the trending additions on Yahoo, on Sleeper. I'm not really differentiating between league types. I'm just going to talk about these players and if I feel like you should pick them up or not. Starting with Brandon Johnson. For the love of God, do not pick up Brandon Johnson in even the deepest of leagues. I'm not doing it. I don't care that he scored a touchdown and had 20 points this week. You don't pick up a wide receiver four, sometimes wide receiver five on a bad offense. I'm not doing it. I don't care. If he does it another week, I'll eat crow. But Brandon Johnson is the exact type of player that just needs to stay on waivers, even if they just had a big week. But let's go into quarterbacks now. CJ Stroud, in single quarterback leagues, should you be picking up CJ Stroud? And my answer is probably probably. However, I'm still not comfortable starting him in single quarterback leagues unless he's your only option. So if you need a quarterback, if you were the Aaron Rodgers guy, or maybe you're starting to get worried about Deshaun Watson, that's where you can get C.J. Stroud. But just remember, just because he started off hot doesn't mean he won't start to get a little bit cooler. It's Once the film starts getting on him and everything, yeah, it's possible that defenses figure him out a little bit more. And it's really just those yardage against the Colts did come in garbage time. I'm a huge C.J. Stroud and Texans guy. I've been touting them all offseason, but still in single quarterback leagues, I think that there's a little bit of risk that hasn't been shown yet that I think will eventually show itself at some point in the season. So it might not be locked in. Am I picking him up? Yes. Am I relying him on my starter yet? Probably not, unless it's a super flex league. Gardner Minshew. Uh, the deal here is you're probably going to start him, to be honest, if Anthony Richardson is out. He looked decent enough. They've got good passing weapons, um, and he's a good quarterback. He's a good game manager. It is what it is. So if he's available and you need a quarterback, he's a good option. Definitely needs to be picked up in super flex leagues. In fact, he probably should have already been rostered in super flex leagues, given he's a backup to a mobile quarterback. There's tons of quarterbacks that kind of fit that mold that I think need to be stashed, and we'll talk about that after we go through the, the the hot waiver editions of the week. Zach Moss is another one that's a hot waiver wire edition. And this is what I was saying, guys. When Jonathan Taylor was put on the pup list, I immediately said, do not pay up for a single Colts running back. Don't even worry about it because it's going to be Zach Moss when he returns. It's not Evan Hole, It's not Jake Funk. It's not Dion Jackson. It's Zach Moss. And now I'm going to tell you, don't pick up Zach Moss either. Don't even worry about it. At, timing here is very important. And this is going to be an overarching point for waivers in general. Timing here is incredibly, incredibly important. And right now, early in the season, you're not really wanting to pick up these guys that you're only going to be starting for a week or two. And especially, you're not going to want to pick up guys that you're never going to start. And Zach Moss is kind of the epitome of of one of those guys. Will you start him if Gardner Minshew's at the helm? Probably. But even then, it's going to be tough depending on your other options. And so players like Zach Moss, players like Tony Jones, people who are becoming starting running backs, but only for a limited amount of time, not worth a pickup this early in the season. If it was the end of the year, sure, why not? You need players. There's no one to pick up right now. Go get Zach Moss and Tony Jones. But right now, after week two, there's so many upside options and potential out there that you don't want to waste a roster spot on a player like Zach Moss, or Jerome, or not, or Tony Jones. Uh, you just don't want to do it. Jerome Ford, on the other hand, this is the exact opposite. The running back is going to be out for the entire season. Nick Chubb is gone. Jonathan Taylor coming back. Alvin Kamara coming back. Don't worry about picking up those backups right now. Just don't even do it, unless you are really, 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 really desperate. on the other hand. Pick him up. Nick Chubb is out for the season, and he looked fantastic. Had 100-something rushing yards, had 25 receiving yards, scored a touchdown, will be a bell cow going forward. I will also add an addition here. Pierre Strong is is a pickup. Pierre Strong is a better pickup even than Zach Moss. Pierre Strong is a better pickup than Tony Jones. Pierre Strong actually has upside and is actually a good athlete. So Pierre strong is someone I'm looking at as well, especially in my deeper leagues, because now he's become a handcuff. You know, he's gone from being a handcuffs handcuff to now a handcuff with this injury. So Pierre strong must be added and Jerome Ford. I'm throwing a crap ton of fab at him, at least 50% at Jerome Ford, because he's going to be basically locked in. He looked fantastic, and I mean, fantastic. And the way the Browns use their running backs, Jerome Ford is going to have some massive, massive weeks, especially if he's doing that receiving. I mean, that's something we haven't seen much from Nick Chubb. And yet Jerome Ford out there in his first game as a, as basically the starter finishes with three receptions for 25 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good. <laughs> so Jerome Ford definitely needs to be rostered. You need to spend a crap ton of fab on him and Pierre Strong as well in your deeper leagues. Next up, Uh, Matt Breida. This is another example. Don't pick up Matt Breida. It just doesn't matter. It's not worth it at all. Why are you going to pick up Matt Breida? To start him? No, you're not going to start Matt Breida. I don't care if he gets the volume. It doesn't matter. The Giants offense has not looked good and it's not randomly going to get funneled to Matt Breida. It's just not. It might be him. It might be Eric Gray. It might be Daniel Jones running the ball a lot more. So just don't even waste your time on the Giants backup running back. Saquon Barkley will be back in a few weeks. So just don't even worry about it. Just don't even just don't even worry about it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So Matt Breida, not worth adding. Another one, Robert Woods. This one is interesting. I would say in your redraft leagues, you can probably take a flyer on him if you need to start a wide receiver. But that, again, is the only reason I'm picking up Robert Woods. The only reason to pick up Robert Woods, Tony Jones, Matt Breida, or the other one I was talking about earlier, Zach Moss, is if you need a starter right now. And that is it. You do not need to pick up these players if you are not starting them. I don't care. Just don't do it. Don't waste the roster space. Robert Woods has looked good so far. CJ Stroud has looked really good so far. So these Texans receivers, all of them, are proving to be some values, but give it given Robert Woods age, given Robert Woods injury history, and given the fact that John Mechie finally played his first game. I think that everything will start to come from Robert Woods. It'll go to Nico Collins, who is proving to be one of the better values of the offseason. It is going to tank Dell. Who's whose connection with CJ Stroud is growing more and more. And it's going to eventually go to John Mechie as they try to work in this young receiving core, Robert Woods, will be utilized for the next couple weeks, but that's probably it. At some point, he's going to be faded out, and at some point, he's probably going to get hurt. So don't waste too much on Robert Woods. Let's talk about this Taysom Hill situation because this, to me, is really interesting. Taysom Hill, we see this every year. He popped off for a week. Everyone goes to pick him up, and then he sucks the next week. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I think, A, not many people are rushing to pick him up, And I think, B, he's going to be able to be used next week. So if you're in a tight end premium league, maybe a two tight end league, or just something where you think that you want an interesting little flyer next week, I think Taysom Hill is going to be your guy. Like I said, I'm not picking up Tony Jones, and it's looking like Jamal Williams will be out. I think Taysom Hill, as we've seen time and time again with the Saints, with these running back injuries, Taysom Hill is the guy they go to when there's no one else. And since there's no one else, it's going to go to Taysom Hill. So I do believe Taysom Hill is worth a pickup. More so if you're going to start him this week because Alvin Kamara comes back week four. But still, even that in two tight end leagues, tight end premium leagues, deeper leagues, pick up Taysom Hill if he's available, because why not? Why not? I think he will be a valuable starter for week three. Already talked about Pierre Strong, worth rostering. Craig Reynolds, is he worth rostering? This one, I would say yes. The difference between Craig Reynolds, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, Tony Jones, is that the Lions offense is really good. Is Craig Reynolds just a couple week fill in? Yes, but he's a couple week fill in from one of the best offenses in the league. And so if you need a starting running back for this week, I would be picking up Craig Reynolds over Matt Breida, over Tony Jones and over Zach Moss because he's on the Lions. He's going to get utilized. He also has some pass catching work as well. So look for Craig Reynolds to be really good. TyJay Spears definitely needs to be rostered. TyJay Spears 100% needs to be rostered um, because he's A, getting a ton of snaps so far, and B, looking good. And if Derrick Henry goes down, he's going to get so much work. And it's not just rushing, it's also receiving as well. So if he's available, go ahead and start stashing TyJay Spears. The rest of these are kind of rookies in general. Actually, I guess before, So let me finish, and then I'll just do a little rookie talk. Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, should you be picking them up? Yes, in your deeper leagues. Yes, if you have James Cook. I'm not really doing it otherwise because the issue with Damian Harris and Latavius Murray is, yes, they were fantasy producers this week, but it's not going to happen every week. And you're probably never going to have the confidence to start either of them, even with a James Cook injury. Even if James Cook goes down, you're now talking about a committee between Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, and you're just going to have to play touchdown predictor week in, week out. So I'm not picking up Damian Harris or Latavius Murray. I'll let someone else waste their roster space on those players. And Jamison Williams, in your shallower leagues, if he's been dropped, make sure you pick him up. He will be back. I know it's not till week seven but he will be back and he'll do well. So go pick up Damian or Jamison Williams if he's been dropped. And Tutu Atwell now those back-to-back weeks of impressive performances. I think that'll continue if Cooper Cup comes back. I think Tutu Atwell 100% needs to be added. I would even be trading for him because his role will not go away with Cooper Cup's return. So if he's still available, if everyone got googly eyes for Pukunuku in your league and left Tutu Atwell on the wire... Go get Tutu Atwell because Matthew Stafford's looking fantastic and his role is not going to go away. Now, we have some some rookies here. Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims, and Jalen Hyatt all had really good week twos. All of them need to be rostered. All of them you need to spend up on Fab for. Yes, Jalen Hyatt, because even though he wasn't utilized a lot, even though he's not getting a ton of snap share, is a top dog in this receiver room. And he's the Giants receiver I want to roster. Isaiah Hodgins, looking good, right? Getting the usage, probably the touchdown guy. Darren Waller also getting the usage, but I think has too many concerns. Uh, Darius Slayton, you're never going to have confidence starting. Jalen Hyatt is the one here with true intangible upside. So I'm rostering Jalen Hyatt before he continues to break out. The two receptions were massive in this game. And I saw a report that in the huddle before Jalen Hyatt's first catch in this game, while they were down to the Cardinals, while they hadn't even scored a point all year, he looked at Daniel Jones and he said, just effing throw it. What did he do with that play? Threw it to Jalen Hyatt and he had a massive successful catch, lit that team on fire and had them finally Finally, score some points, and that led to them winning. I think Jalen Hyatt at this point has locked himself into a great role, and in fact, will be one of the top dogs in this house moving forward. Same could be said for Jaden Reed. Same could be said for Marvin Mims. Jaden Reed went off against the Falcons, as to be expected with Romeo Dubs covered by AJ Terrell. That's why I said, uh, if you tuned into our start and sits, don't 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 start Romeo Dubs this week. There's no point. Start Jaden Reed. Start Luke Musgrave, who I guess didn't do well, but still. The usage was there. I have a Marvin Mims also getting utilized a lot. Michael Wilson also getting utilized a lot on the field a lot. So all of these rookie wide receivers need to be rostered because the rookies are looking fantastic this year. It's been a fantastic class. Now I'm just going to, this is a list. This is just a list. I'm not even going to go through reasoning here, guys, but these are some players I think you need to stash or keep an eye on or add In your really, really deep leagues, these are some players that are probably available everywhere that will eventually break out. And I think I'm going to start from less deep to more deep. So in your less deep leagues, you can go ahead and start stashing uh, Calvin Austin, Jonathan Mingo, and let's say Sean Tucker, Ty Chandler, and Taylor Heineke. Those guys in your more shallower leagues where you have some room to stash them Go ahead and do it. In your medium-level leagues, go ahead and start stashing Jarrett Stidham, Aiden O'Connell, Jaleel McLaughlin, Emmanuel Wilson, Elijah Dotson, and that's it. That's it for your medium leagues. And in your deep, deep leagues, I would say go ahead and add these guys if they're available. And also, if any of those guys are available on on your deep leagues that I've already mentioned, definitely add them. But in your deep, 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 deep leagues, these are some players you need to keep an eye on as well. Ty Montgomery, Cavante Turpin, Ronnie Bell, Mike Boone, River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, Durham Smythe, John Bates, and Cole Turner. Those are for you, deeper leagues, you buffoons out there uh, that are like me that need to find the player that is only going to score them two points this week, but you're happy with two points because you might have got zero from another starter. Those kinds of leagues. So, those are the guys in your deeper leagues or maybe some stashes that I'm starting. One more time, I'll just go through that list. Jarrett Stidham, Aiden O'Connell, Taylor Heineke. Note, I'll throw Marcus Mariota in there, John U. Smith, Jaleel McLaughlin, Sean Tucker. Ty Chandler, Calvin Austin, Jonathan Mingo, Emmanuel Wilson, Elijah Dotson, Ty Montgomery, Cavonte Turpin, Ronnie Bell. I'm going to throw Jalen Tolbert in there. Mike Boone, River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, Durham Smythe, and one of these commanders tight ends, John Bates, Cole Turner. Maybe pick them both up and see what happens after week three. You can drop the one that isn't used. All right, guys, do we have any questions? Do we have any questions? I see a lot of comments here. One person asked, should I use all my fab on Ford? Maybe not all of it. You know, maybe try to save yourself like 10%, but I am totally okay if you use 80 to 90% of your fab on Jerome Ford. I am totally fine with it. Would you give Javante Williams and Tyler Algier for Calvin Ridley? I would not. I would keep both of those players. PPR league bench slot, Tank Dell or Joshua Kelly. This comes down to roster construction to me. If you feel you're weak at running back, Joshua Kelly. If you feel you're weak at wide receiver, Tank Dell. And in general, I would also probably say Tank Dell uh, because he looks, I mean, he's looking really, really good. Um, let's see. Someone asked for some team suggestions. They have Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, James Connor, Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs. I have no team suggestions for you. Your team is stacked. I don't, I don't even know what you're asking for. You have one of the best teams I've ever seen. I will say, though, that it's a single quarterback league, and you're sitting there with Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence. So I would go ahead and try to consolidate, sell Trevor Lawrence or sell Josh Allen. Sell one of them for a skill player uh, because you don't need both. If you're in a productive struggle rebuild, what are you selling Ford for? I would probably try to get a first from a contending team, to be honest, but I might accept a second, maybe two seconds. But to be completely honest with you, I think even in a productive struggle, in a rebuild, you can keep for it. Because like I said, this injury with Nick Chubb is not a good one. It's not a good one at all. Can he be back next year? Maybe. Can he handle a workload next year? A full Nick Chubb workload next year? Probably not, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Probably not. And we already saw Jerome Ford in week one with healthy Nick Chubb get a ton of carries. So I think Jerome Ford is a little bit more of a dynasty asset than you're giving yourself credit for, Lefty Joe. Uh, And would you sell Amari Cooper now or keep waiting and hoping? Uh, Depends what you can get, man. Honestly, um, ultimately, it's just going to come down to what you can get. Would you trade Jonathan Taylor and Dalton Kincaid for Gibbs and Komet? Uh, no, I'm holding on to Jonathan Taylor, and Dalton Kincaid there. It's very, very close, but I do think Jonathan Taylor is going to be fine when he comes back. Um, uh, and should you sell Ford and dynasty? No, I really don't think you should. Um, I mean, unless you get a really, really good return, like unless you get another starting running back, but like, he's, he looked really, really good last night against a very good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Don't let that go away. Keep your own Ford guys. It's not a big deal. You don't have to sell him. You don't have to sell him. And I'm going to go with just one more question here. I'm going over to Instagram. Should you buy low on Joe Mixon? Yes, you should 100% buy low on Joe Mixon. He's attached to the Bengals offense. He's a true bell cow, gets a ton of usage. And unfortunately, right now, the Bengals offense just isn't looking right. But I think they'll get back on track at some point. So yeah, you can buy low on uh, Joe Mixon. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been another fun episode of The Wake and Take. I hope to see you all tomorrow. I have a very special guest joining me as we'll talk about some buys and sells following week two, uh, as well as some other takeaways and everything from the week. So thanks again for tuning in. You all have a fantastic Tuesday, a fantastic rest of your week, and I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Have a good one. Peace.